Hello Formula One fans and welcome back to F1 in Focus. We are the only Formula One podcast where a Dutchie and an Englishman can very much get along in the world of Formula One while having civil discussions, race recaps and of course discussing racing food and beverages. On show number four we'll discuss Porsche not coming into Formula One Nick DeVries jumping in between Mercedes teams, and of course, the Italian Grand Prix in yay, nay, or okay style. We're probably not going to cover the, f- the driver market because not much has changed, but we'll see where we get. It is my pleasure to introduce my co-host, of course, the man with the best hair in the business, it's James Hazel. Hello again. How are you doing? I'm quite all right. And for everyone thinking, who, who am I? My name is John, of course, and I'll be host of today. But I actually forgot to introduce myself, <laughs> which some people would say that's very decent of you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm quite all right, mate. Um, you as well. Look forward to it. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed the race today. Yeah. yeah that was a quite a good race. But before we actually start the race, I do think we have to say something. I think. Um, on behalf of the whole team, that is in this case you and me, we have to say that our thoughts are with the royal family, of course, and those in the UK yeah. and around the world mourning Queen Elizabeth II. So. Yeah, very sad that. But it's good they held one minute of silence, and uh, I think there are many uh, teams that paid a, a a very nice tribute. Yeah, a lot of nice people. tributes on the on the grid. Yeah, it's really touching. And on that sad news, we have to start with uh, the news, though. There's no Porsche coming into Formula One, James. Yeah, bit of a shock, actually. <laughs> it was only a couple <laughs> of weeks ago we were talking about how brilliant it is that Audi's coming in and that it seemed like a given that Porsche would be coming in. Um, and, yeah. yeah, it sounds like that deal's pretty much fallen through now. <laughs> yeah, didn't um, expect that at all. <laughs> yeah, I think Porsche... I, it sounds I would like... have taken bet it would have been announced this week, right? I think I, I made that bet. <laughs> oh, you thought it might happen to Zandvoort. Yeah, well, that's Max's home territory. Says, yeah, I didn't quite say something about my uh, predictions lately. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't want to cover predictions. I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's a it's a bit of a shame. I think I I don't know what this is going to mean for Red Bull and, and whether any other engine supplier is going to come in. It sounds like there's like rumblings that. Honda might actually want to come back. Uh, so maybe we get the Honda Red Bull partnership back again uh, after a couple of years of it being Honda powertrain, uh, sorry, Red Bull powertrains, but effectively a Honda engine anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just without giving Honda as much credit. Uh, so. Oh, they still are giving Honda a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, they've got the HRC so. stickers on there. There's, there's obviously Honda engineers still involved. Mark um, still drives a Civic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's a bit of a shame about Porsche, but I mean, as long as we can get another manufacturer name on the grid instead of Porsche, that's still okay. But it sounds like the deal just wasn't really compatible with Red Bull as a team, like Porsche trying to get 50% stake. At least that's the rumor. I think it's a rumor anyway. Like, that's what I keep reading. Like, I think uh, Helmut Marcus said they wanted it too big of a part, so I think that rumor yeah. is very why, much too why would they? Why would they even think Red Bull would be okay with that? I mean, Red Bull's a championship-winning team. 
in the past and this this season's like tied up now what what they they have no reason to give up such a huge stick and control it's also red bull isn't like a small company you know right so yeah it's not like they yeah we really need the money to stay alive in formula one yeah and they don't need it for marketing so i think it was a cool partnership but a potential partnership of course but I, if they really wanted to get 50%, I know that I think there's no way the people in Australia are going to say, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, no. it's just never going to happen, that. Yeah. Was this I typical mean, I can, I can... Dirt, like German brassness saying, you know what, we're Porsche, let's get it? Well, or was this influenced by the, the Audi deal, maybe? Yeah, that's the thing. I can see it from both sides because Porsche is quite a big, prestigious name, aren't they? Largest in the world. If you think about the concern itself, right? Yeah, so they, I think they want to have quite. They they they, they will want a, a like a strong controlling aspect of the team, really, or like controlling share in the team, because of them being such a big name. I mean, imagine if Ferrari was like just the sponsor of a team and wasn't a controlling stake in a team like that. You you just wouldn't put that together with ferrari would you like i can still make the engines i mean ferrari does it for Haas as well so why not yeah but i think if porsche are going to come in and wanting to run a team yeah for, it just sounds like it's just not compatible with red bull i mean red, red bull especially with the way this season's going and how they've started off like this new era of like aerodynamics um like they've hit and engines though well, the mm. engines. Well, they, I mean, the engines are going to change, aren't they, in twenty twenty six, and yeah. that's where this all kind of came about with Porsche. But I mean, they 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 certainly wouldn't be feeling like they're on shaky grounds or anything, and needing, like you said, needing money or needing any kind of backing. They're in a pretty strong position, leading like the championship at the moment. Um, I mean, twenty twenty six is a long time away in Formula One terms, but. Can you honestly see Red Bull slipping uh, anywhere other than like second or third on the grid? I don't uh, think they ever have. Really. No, I not, think they're like, since, they, yeah. Not since they became a championship winning team. So, yeah. Everything's set there perfectly. The only big weak spot was, of course, during the Renault era that the engines were reliability, right? Because of the fact they had no, not too much influence in it. Yeah. That changed, of course, when they joined with Honda, and um, and now they're like, you know what, we're gonna do it ourselves. And I think that scared a lot of the teams. Uh, and if Porsche would jump into that, and they still had four years to work together on the Red Bull powertrain department, and go over into Porsche Red Bull, that would be a very strong combination. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think Red Bull will miss out too much currently, and. It feels like uh, Porsche just wants to, to buy a, a championship-winning team or at least be, champ- be entitled to win championships but right maybe, from the start. but who's to say that they're even going to provide an engine that's a championship-winning engine when they jump in, even if they jump in with a top team? Like, I mean, they, they've won almost every single championship they ever competed in, right? Yeah. So... They know how to build engines. I don't think that's an issue. Of course, Formula One's different, but the engines are less complicated than 26. Yeah, so I can true. definitely see them being able to do that. And I don't think New is going anywhere either. So why not? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they might just go now with Honda and 
why would you break up that back then, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as this Honda rumor is true that they are thinking of stepping back in, then, I mean, it's a partnership that's worked in the past, obviously, and he's currently <laughs> working, so why not carry it on? It makes sense. I mean, Honda, I, I always associate Honda with stepping into, like, a formula or a championship or whatever it is they're going to do and just throwing money at it until it works. And in the case of Formula One, what seems to happen is that it, they step out as soon as it works, unfortunately. But um, Well, they think so far ahead that the moment they got it to work, they already committed to stepping out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good because it's not emotional decisions, right? Yeah. Um, and the way they treated the Red Bull this year and the partnership went on not actually dropping it too much. I think that's a nice way of going at it. Anyways, no Red Bull, so Max has to drive a Civic and not stepping into 911, unfortunately. Although I think he, he drives 911s for fun on track anyway. So yeah, probably. Not yeah. sure he, he misses out too much. <laughs> more about that. I'm pretty sure we'll get more info about it still because this might also just be politics, right? Or yeah, it, could be, it could be a bit of posturing, yeah. So there's that. On other news, uh, we had this Friday in free practice uh, one. We had two Dutchies. Nick de Vries made his debut for another Mercedes team in Aston Martin. <laughs> that he, was cool. He's won pretty much every color on the grid at this point. <laughs> uh, well, he, test, he test drove for Merck. He's already test, yeah. he's test driven for Williams, Williams this, year. this year. And now he's stepping into an Aston Martin on, on oh. Friday. Or he did on Friday, oh. rather. I didn't drive too much, though, and he almost wrecked Svetl's car, I think. Yeah, um, he had a little off-track excursion through the gravel, didn't he? But yeah, it must be hard, though. Uh, like Everything's different except the actual engine in the car. Yeah. Everything else is different. I think that's that's hard to do. But uh, yeah, it was cool making his debut. And then Saturday afternoon, I got a breaking news alert. Yeah. And... um. Albon got sick, and I can't pronounce what he actually has, but I know what it is. <laughs> Appendicitis, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it can be quite scary, that. So it's it's a good job that it got caught, and, you know, he's been to hospital and had it all sorted out. So. Yeah, so all the best wishes to uh, Alex yeah. Albon, of course, who yeah, has had a great too. season. Yep. Uh, but that meant that Nick de Vries got a uh, call about 19 minutes before free practice three started <laughs> <laughs> that he could change from green into blue and yeah. actually step into the Williams for the weekend apparently and make his official debut. Yeah, apparently he was sat in the Mercedes hospitality suite having a coffee. <laughs> yeah. I guess the call to uh, like grab your suit, we're going racing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, and we're going racing in 19 minutes from now and yeah, uh, you're qualifying this afternoon. Like, okay, at least it gave him no time to think. He actually said, like, oh, that was a surprise, so I just rushed in and we just yeah. went at it. But it was a big difference because Albon, I think, is about 20 centimeters larger than Nick is. Yeah. And 15 kilos heavier than Nick is. So right. I had to make a whole lot of adjustments to actually get the, uh, the, get him into a car and actually able to, I think, peek over the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'll have had to rebalance the car a bit as well to add more weight to it if he's underweight compared to... Yeah, and on. apparently there was no time in free practice three to do that properly. So he said, I have uh, much issues with braking because the whole car is off balance when I actually start. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Makes sense. But um, yeah, qualifying. We'll go into qualifying for the whole sector because this was a complicated qualifying. We didn't think it was too complicated and we expected a penalty or something. James? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we knew science was going to take a new engine. That was pretty much confirmed last week, wasn't it? Yeah, we said uh, we didn't. We think we thought Lewis might be able to do so, might have to do so, and he did. Yeah, in retrospect, that was. I, th I think if we'd have thought more about Spa last week, that was probably going to happen because his Spa engine seemed to get pretty wrecked by uh... the jump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of fluids coming out of that car. Uh, uh, you don't survive a 41g impact. Yeah, if you're an engine apparently, <laughs> and obviously. I think we talked about it before Spa that if one of the Red Bulls took a penalty, the other one wouldn't. Which, you know, if they're going to keep, if they're going to do, if they're going to play the same game as far as engines go, then the other person was due a penalty, and they did. Perez, he didn't take a full back of the grid penalty though, did he? What no, did he just an ICE. I think then yeah. place just back. Yeah, but um, so did Max. <laughs> Yeah, well, what did Max Max took a did Max take a gearbox? He took a five place penalty, didn't he? And I see also, but because he already had one, I had this maximum because he was put back at the grid was one extra. It only cost him five points. It's oh, the same that's right. weird weird rule we had last year where yeah, with Hamilton every other race just took it because it's faster to just take it. Yeah, it's, it's like only what Hamilton penalty. did it into Lagos, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two days later, let's do it again. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's basically the mode for Red Bull. So we have spare budget. Let's just take it. I think. And yeah, they need to change that aspect of it. I think. I think the back of the grid penalty sort of works. Although every team just seems to. Well, maybe not every team, but most teams just seem to factor that into their season now. And I think I think additional engines maybe need a higher penalty than just a five place penalty. It almost feels like it should be worse when you take extras on top of the first extra, if that makes sense. If you've got a three yeah, engine allocation and you take a fourth, yeah, that should be a big penalty. If you take a fifth, that should be an even bigger penalty, I think. Because uh, except if you're Honda back in the days and the thing this is where the rule got changed well it is yeah <sighs> so, so the we... honda could play catch-up basically yeah yeah uh but there's no engine manufacturer that needs to play catch-up anymore maybe so 26 to... is a good way of saying you know what that's the end of it but yeah it's also change... hard because like with lewis he crashes and that cost him oh yeah that's Max went into the wall last year and uh, in well this in is where I... yeah this is where i think a fourth engine not so bad but when you start taking like a fifth or a sixth engine, like the chances of you totaling two or three engines in a season yeah, seem pretty slim. And maybe there can be exceptions to that. Like, you know, if 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 you have two engines get wrecked via accidents, then you can take a replacement for free maybe or something or a lesser penalty maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's no. there's a lot of complicated scenarios that you'd have to consider for kind of trying to create rules for this but yeah that's definitely but the rules true. are the rules so you know they're just doing uh, so we had Sunoda penalized 10 grid penalties for uh, five well, he, reprimands yeah but then he got and three grid penalties for failing to slow down for, for yellow the yellow flags flag incident <laughs> yeah yeah well, well, uh, let's not talk about too much there but I think what his team said on the radio you showed me that message it was a bit confusing where he was yeah, there's yellow, yeah. but just finish your lap. What did you I, mean? I, I think yeah, 
I'm not necessarily certain that his team meant just carry on going flat out through the yellow flags, but at the same time, you know, maybe there's a language barrier there or there was just a misunderstanding. You could say Yuki is yellow, slow, slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I think they maybe weren't clear. Well, maybe they, yeah, maybe the team didn't feel that they need to be any clearer because yellow flags mean slow down. <laughs> but at the same time, Yuki's thinking, well, you've told me about the yellow flags, but you want me to complete this lap and he's on a flying lap. So, yeah, that's a win. But just, at least it's got... just a stupid mistake, basically. Whoever's fault it is. Five reprimand says a bit about Yuki's temperament, I think, this yeah. year. But that was a 13 grid penalty, 13 places back. Uh, Hamilton, Tsunoda, and Saints then all went back to the grid for yeah. additional power units and or gearbox elements. So Yuki took those penalties as well. Yeah. I think he would start 37, something like that in the end. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me, <laughs> yeah, that does remind me of the McLaren Honda days. <laughs> like exactly. Jensen yeah. Button starting from 50th on the grid. <laughs> if I curse one more time, do I get a five plus extra and a start fresh next one? <laughs> um, Perez, Verstappen, Ocon, Magnussen, and Bottas got penalized 10, 5, 5, 15, and 15 grid plays, respectively, for use of additional power unit elements. Yep. Then you think you're there, but Schumacher got penalized 15 grid penalties, 15 grid places for using additional power unit and of gearbox elements. Take a breather, 45 yeah. minutes after qualifying. I was like, you know what? I'll see tomorrow what the actual placing is going to be because we had like five different people saying Mox uh, uh, starts fourth, sometimes Mox starts seven. Yeah. That was a weird one. And that made qualifying also a bit hard because in Q3, there were drivers that actually. Um, not went out anymore. Like, yeah, it's weird, but that makes sense because it doesn't make any sense either. Uh, yeah, the the commentary over here was like trying to second guess how the grid was going to be laid out, and then I think I think eventually they just said we're going to get the provisional grid tonight, and we're going to get confirmation <laughs> of the full grid tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's it's a bit much, but that's what you get when you. Uh, going to spa and two races later, like we predicted this. Yeah, so you don't take it at spa, you take it here. That's why I think these penalties need sorting out because that level of confusion is not good either. Like no, no everyone used to say about things like uh, time penalties um, and how they used to do. Um, uh, what did they used to call it? Where they effectively split the race. Like if there was a red flag, they'd kind of start the race again, but they'd keep the times the same as they were. And then they'd have to like rejig it after the, after the race. Right. Um, and also like penalties after the race, they always say like, they don't like to kind of mess with the results after people have like watched the result, if that makes sense. And that's what's happening in qualifying with these sorts of penalties. Like, you know, you tune in, you see Max Verstappen finish second and you think, well, he's starting second on the grid and you turn the TV off and then you turn on tomorrow and it's like, hang on a minute, he's seventh. What's happened there? And, and the weird thing there was that during the driver parade, they asked Max, do you start fourth or seventh? And he's like, I honestly don't even know. I think Jonathan Whitley is now at the FIA just talking to them to find out what the actual yeah. uh, and, I, be. and I guess there'll be some arguments potentially being had as well. And not just by Red Bull, but by other teams on like how these penalties are applied because how they're applied determines actually where they start. Because if you apply Max's penalty first, that was what 
led to everybody assuming that he would actually only start fourth because yeah. he'd take his five grid penalty, but then other people would take their penalties and that would bump him back up the couple of positions for the people that were... That's what I thought. That was yeah. I, what I said to you as well. Like yeah. Saturday afternoon, like, oh, Mark starts fourth. That's not too bad. So I, suppose, I suppose there was maybe a little bit of, this is how we interpret the rules and other people saying, well, this is how we interpret the rules and maybe there was a bit of bit of arguing going on behind closed yeah, doors. There was a great that. Reddit post about it where someone, I honestly forgot the name, but you... Oh, uh, the animation. Guy. Yeah, the guy who did it in PowerPoint. It was brilliant. Yeah, he did a PowerPoint presentation where it was actually, oh, this is how it works if it had just shown that after the race. Yeah. Because you sent me the link tomorrow, like, hey, look at this. This is a cool presentation. I got that's pretty cool. Then I turn on the telly this afternoon and, hey, that was the presentation. So even <laughs> all the broadcast suddenly start using a PowerPoint made by a... Very creative and very well thought fan. So, my compliments to you, although I forgot your name. And if you listen to this, well done. I'm just trying to find it. While you're trying to find it, I'll go into the actual qualifying, how it ended, because uh, not the starting grid, but Charles finished first with a 121, Max and second 120.3. Saints actually third. Well done by Carlos Saints, although he had started in the back. That was a Really good qualifying and had a good weekend thus far. Perez actually fought. I was like, hey, that ain't too bad. Then I realized he actually had started the back anyways. Yeah. Um, Lewis, fifth. Outpaced uh, Russell. Yeah, there. pretty good. So uh, almost identical times. So 121, 5-2-4 against a 5-4-2. So yeah. all the, uh, really close. I assumed they were just going to completely compromise his qualifying to give Russell the tour. But then... He went out by himself and set a faster lap. I think he was following following a Ferrari and benefited a bit from tours from the Ferraris. But yeah, at our uh, our broadcast, they said, "Well, do you think Lewis would be so kind to give him a tow, or is it now his turn to give a tow?" I was like, "Of course, he's starting at the back. Why won't you yeah. try to give a tow, anyways?" But exactly, yeah. Apparently, they told otherwise. Although, apparently, it's really hard to make a good tow work at Monza. Yeah, it seems to be. It, it, that's that's kind of what our commentary over here was saying as well. At one point was that they were expecting science to turn Leclerc around and then there was there was a couple of runs throughout all the qualifying sessions where it just didn't seem to happen and they kind of theorized, I guess, that they maybe just decided it's just not worth the hassle because if, if, yeah. you, if you get it wrong, it could ruin a lap. And it's maybe just not worth messing around trying to make the stars align for getting the perfect tour down the right, you know, down the right ah, straight. That's so, very much true. And it doesn't it doesn't add that much top speed, does it? When you've already got DRS enabled and the wings are so like like flat as they are anyway for Monza, like DRS marginal anyways. I guess, yeah. yeah. So how much does a tow even add on top of that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know either, else I wouldn't be talking about it on the podcast, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke... McLaren, though, 7 and 8. Yeah. I just wanted Sorry, to say yeah. Luke2222 <laughs> was the uh, the Reddit user who made that call. Well done, Luke. Thank yeah. you so much for that. He was also like, I'd make it a sloppy PowerPoint. I'm sorry for the sloppiness. Like, that's probably a better animation. I, I mean, it's better than some of the TV broadcasters can come up with. So. Exactly. Well done. Well done. Going. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to make graphics for our show, get in touch. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we got both, Merc, uh, both McLarens at seven and eight. We got, uh, was a pretty good performance by Daniel. So yeah, that was really good. Feedback. He was like constantly within like 
hundredths of a second of Norris rather than tenths of a second behind him as yeah. he usually is. He was really close to him all um, the way through qualifying, which is really good to see. For sure. The Haases were horrible, so I'm not going to talk. They just dropped back and we don't see them anymore. Yeah. Austin Martins just before that, I think that's also where they are currently placed. It's a waste. We don't really have to see. We don't see or expect anything from Haas or Austin Martin anymore this season, I'm afraid. On 16th, we had Latifi. Best of the rest, you could almost say. Um, and the most interesting part was, but I'm biased, Nick De Vries qualifying as 13th, out qualifying Latifi in a car he's driven just for an hour. Yeah. Not even. Just incredible. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk about him in the race. Yeah, well, definitely will. Uh, so, well done. Uh, finished 13th. But then we start starting grid. We go into race day. Um, quickly go through it. So, Charles started on pole. Start first. Russell a second. Norris and Daniel behind him. So, that was cool. Gasly and Alonso just behind that. So, that's a really nice place, of course, to start from Gasly. Um, on a track he really likes. Um, Max and Nick Tavri, seven and eight. Because of all the penalties, that was weird. We had a Dutch Ford row, which was... Cool. Uh, also, Max and Nick go back all the way in the youth. They're big friends as well. So, old school one. Everyone's like, yeah, isn't that dangerous for Max being next to Nick? And I was like, if there's one driver that's going to be really careful around, it's probably Nick. So, that was. Especially for his debut. He's not going to want to interfere with the championship, is he? Exactly. And it's going to be safe. Uh, Zoe had a really good qualifying and also lots of luck with penalties starting in ninth. A thief is starting in tenth because everyone just dropped back, right? Still, so that's a plus six for him. And Vettel and Stroll, 11 to 12. Talk about them in a second. Perez with all the penalties starting in 13th. Well, okay. Uh, Ocon, 14th. Bottas, 15th. Magnussen, 16th. Schumacher, 17th. Sainz, 18th, of course, which was interesting. Lewis Hamilton, 19th. And all the way back, you could see Noda at 20th. So I said Max is starting from 7th and... Well, we'll talk about him in a moment because it's time, James, for yay, nay, or okay. Are you ready? I was born ready. I know. <laughs> so we'll start at number 20 and we'll go all the way back and we'll discuss if we have any particular difference in opinion. Yeah. In 20th, finishing with a not finish, actually, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. I'm just going to say okay for Vettel. It didn't feel like a particular. It wasn't like a really bad showing from him. It was just, it was just a typical Aston Martin weekend until the point where his engine gave up, and that's not really on Vettel, is it? That's that's just unfortunate. So I'm just saying okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I could do a yay or, or, or nay or okay, actually, because I think what happened at the start is that both of the Austins were fighting again, touching. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, like, they've done a lot of you know what? this season. You, should, you guys should just talk about it before you start a race. And I don't care if it's fat on the inside or, or straw on the outside yeah. or the other way around. I don't think it could ha it should happen. But they cost each other races at, before the first, after the first turn. Their races were done because they messed up with themselves again. And yeah, and that, that was Vettel being particularly feisty this time, wasn't it? Yeah. He was just like, you're not gonna get past me here. Like yeah. you know, it's a green car. Ah, 
you know. It's, but that's why I'm thinking maybe a Nathan Vettel. I'm quite honest, and you know I love the guy, but yeah, bad qualifying, engine issues, and also uh, another argument with your teammate. Ah, well, the bad qualifying. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, really, the car is just bad. Yeah, just, that's that's why I'm going with OK because he's just kind of, he's just where that car, for the most part, is, and. It wasn't even particularly fast on the straights. Oh, actually, it might have been fast on the straights from um, like top speeds. It was a top speed chart, wasn't there? At one point, I saw. Yeah, it just took them very long to get the top but they just, Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, so the yeah, speed traps were all right, but uh, that's about it. Even if yeah, even if the car was fast in the straight line, it just wasn't fast around the circuit, in a, as a whole. No, which is just pretty common for. Aston Martin now. I don't know where they've gone wrong, really. but um, No, they haven't gotten much right either this year. No. Quite honest. About one good race, and that's that's it. And a, and a pretty cool-looking car. Yeah, the car looks nice. I like the colour. But... <laughs> right, yeah. And and I like Vettel. But, yeah, they yeah. don't have much going for them, unfortunately. I think he'll be glad to see the back of this season and just maybe, to some extent, see the back of that team because... It always feels like he's fighting Stroll when he shouldn't really be. He should be ahead of Stroll. Yeah. And I don't know if some of it is, it feels like, and I don't know if this is just my read on it or whether it, how it's actually happening, but it it always feels like Stroll gets a slightly better strategy than Vettel. And it's like they're favoring Stroll. But I think they are. How how do you make Stroll your number one driver over four time yeah, world champion Sebastian Vettel? <laughs> oh, if you're that biased, I know, but he's, I mean, I mean that that's got to be why you won't ever get rid of that narrative, right? Exactly, that's and that's issue. why that's got to be that's got to that's just it's got to be why Vettel wants out and is just retiring because you know you're racing against a paid driver who's. Being paid by the team principal, or not even the team principal, rather the the team. Maybe he's even, even getting paid. I don't know. Well, I mean, that, there's only one reason why Stroll's racing in Formula One. Yeah, I mean, sure, right? That, because yeah, his father owns if, the, if, the whole if, brand. But do you know Stroll? That you, about Stroll, right? Stroll is just 24 years old. I do forget that. 22, 24, 22. No, he's got to be older than 22, hasn't he? He's been racing in Formula One for like four years now or something, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's 23 years old. Yeah. But he, he has <laughs> That's won... me, right? I'm guessing two ages and I'm guessing that... Just <laughs> like not right to, in not the middle. Correct one, but 23 <laughs> years old. Yeah. But he's won... Hasn't he won some... Um, he's won some championships or something, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. But he's just not cut out for Formula One. I mean, there are plenty of drivers who have won like F2 and then couldn't make it in Formula One. It's not a guarantee just because you can win the junior formulas that you're going to be able to race in Formula One. One um, pole position, though. What, sorry? He's got one pole position on his name, though. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Pastor Maldonado's got one win. Yeah, that's true. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> let's not talk about so. Uh, you can decide about uh, Fettel. Is it the okay or is it the name? Well, we can just agree to disagree on it. I, I, uh, we have to choose. Uh, let's... let's well, Let's go with a nay then, yeah, for the fighting with your teammate. Okay, okay. So Vettel is a nay, so brings one on nay. Then, 
finishing, uh, getting a blindled finish in lap 31, I think, is Fernando Alonso. Yeah, very unfortunate. And it sounded like he was having engine problems before that. He was talking about yeah. like losing a bit of power. Uh, I think I'm going to go with OK, just because he's been setting a pretty high standard for himself this season, especially in the last few races, and he wasn't quite in the position where we've seen him recently. Nope. Uh, he, was, he was behind... He he was behind the McLarens in qualifying. Um, he got past Norris because of Norris's poor start, but then Norris got straight back past him. Um, and he just didn't like I, that in particular. Like he just didn't really seem to have any answer for Norris. There wasn't much, what much of the like Fernando Alonso fighting him. From there wasn't any defending. He went to yeah. the, the first corner. You saw some of the guys holding the midline, and they can't make the turn, right? Uh, he sticks to the outside and doesn't actually defend until he yeah, comes past then, him. Then, so he got past Norris. Nor- Norris got pa- back past him, and then I, f- I, I feel like they've passed each other a second time. Yeah, I think because I think Norris got past him out of the second chicane going into the first Lesmo, which is like, how often does an overtake happen there without there being like a huge discrepancy in? either the type of tyre or the tyre wear. Because <laughs> coming, it's such a short straight between... It's not even really a straight, is it? It's like kink, yeah. but it's like such a short run between that second chicken and into that corner that really overtaking very rarely happens there unless it's like someone's on hard tyres versus someone on soft tyres or someone's on very old tyres versus yeah. someone on brand new tyres. And these two are on the same age tyres, the same type, like compounded tyre, and Norris got past him. I mean, maybe he just had a bad exit, and he was just, you know, I don't know. But not an impressive. I, I just didn't. It wasn't him, right? a standout race for Alonso, but that's not to say it was a bad race. It just, it just wasn't a standout race like he has been able to do recently. So it was just for me, it's an okay. Like he still, he still would have been in the points if it wasn't for the DNF. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. DNF's um, out of his control. Like the the Alpine didn't do that well this weekend either. No. On a track where I expected their high speeds to actually be beneficial, but yeah, that's doing okay for Fernando. Yeah, that's what I would I, say. I, yeah. I know what we're going to tell about the next one because that's Lance Stroll, on, um, number eighteenth, of course. Yeah, yeah getting a deadline finish in lap thirty-nine. Where was he before? I can't remember where he was before he DNF'd, but it, it, I it, think twelfth or thirteen. But I don't know. yeah, it's like I don't know. I think I've got to say. If I'm saying nay for Vettel, I've got to say nay for Stroll as well for pretty much the same reasons. 100% agree. Yeah. Exactly the same reasons. Like yeah. Poor car, poor showing, poor fighting your teammate. And that's um, how... Or I, you can't do anything about it, didn't it finish himself. I don't, but it's how, still... I don't understand how the team haven't got these two under control because there have been multiple occasions this season where, you know, the engineers and team principal must be like holding their breath as one of them is defending against the other or overtaking the other. And I mean, the fact that they haven't completely wiped each other out in a race yet is just, just seems to be pure luck the way they sometimes race against each other. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that is true though. It is pure luck. Yeah. It's just, it's just not great luck for the team. It's not good for the team. Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunate, but I'm okay. I agree with you. It's a neighbor stroll. Yeah. Oh, then one of our favorite drivers ever, Daniel Rick. If the race ended in lap one, you would have made the podium, he said. <laughs> I mean, you got to love his sense of humor. Yeah. It's a yay from me. Good start, though. He had a he had a great start. He had a great race. He had great qualifying. I I I thought he did. Get really Gosling behind him. Didn't make any mistake. I thought he had. I just thought he had a great weekend in general. Yeah. Like considering, you know, the pressures on racing for his seat, and he's had such a poor season, and then to come out and have a race like this, um, and also I've 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 got to give him some points for the Valentina Rossi uh, tribute Hel- helmet. That was just brilliant. <laughs> so uh, the guys got like the guys got humor right oh absolutely i'm almost like just give him a seat somewhere as a yeah pundit maybe just for the entertainment value it. of having ricardo on the grid like but yeah I, he just he was racing really well like, like we just said talking about qualifying he was like he was, every session of qualifying he finished within like a hundredth of a second of yeah uh, norris who so far this season has had you know quite a substantial gap of uh, Ricardo. Uh, so this was just a good weekend for him. Yeah, um, there's a curse though, because if you win Monza the next year, you don't doesn't you don't finish. Oh, that's not looking good. Three for, times in a row now. It's not looking good for six years next you know. year then. So yeah, that's that's the part <laughs> of that. Uh, well, spoilers, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but yeah, maybe he breaks the curse. Uh, but, um, uh, or yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but just, I think uh, he had a great race. Unfortunate that his yeah. gearbox, I think, broke down. I'm assuming it was gearbox just because of the fact that the marshals didn't seem to be able to get the car into neutral to be able to push the car off the track. And that's what caused yeah. the safety car to stay you out. Want to as long talk as it about the safety car right now. Yeah. Uh, now we'll cover that at the end. Uh, so. Yeah. But um, the other thing I was going to say about my reasoning for giving Ricardo a yay is that he was put on a pretty weak strategy. Like the pretty me- weak. That's an underestimate. <laughs> the, the mediums onto hards. Um I mean look at look at what Norris was doing when they did like mediums, stretch it out, put him onto the softs. Why didn't they do the same for Ricardo when he was like further up the field than than Norris anyway? Like, I honestly don't know. We were like, what's actually Daniel doing now all the way back again? What? Oh, yeah. Pit, how, did, how did actually on Norris get past him? Oh, Norris is on mediums and he's fighting again. Uh, on soft, he's fighting against hearts. And then that makes sense. Yeah. This is weird. That feels like they the, did him one. The, the pit Ricardo responding to like track position, undercut, and all the rest of it. But they should have just stuck to their game plan, which is what they did with Norris, which was to just stay out on the mediums until the optimal time to swap onto the softs and then do your final stint on the softs. One-stop race, medium onto softs. It just seemed to be the best strategy for the weekend, for, the, for yeah. this race. Um, and they kind of screwed Ricardo by pitting him like three quarters of the way through his medium stint and then sticking him on the hard tyre just because some of the other cars were doing that. Yeah, that's that's when that's where McLaren, when they do go wrong, that's where they go wrong. They just, they seem to react mm. to people that they don't need to react to, and maybe Daniel's maybe... been the perfect scapegoat for McLaren, though. Yeah, because it's all loud when Daniel, 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 Daniel's leaving. Daniel's not performing. Oh, he should be able to perform most of it. But man, 
I, I can just rightfully say so that McLaren has had a crappy season with really bad calls, yeah. really bad strategy calls, mistakes all over the place, yeah. and they get away by it because Daniel takes all the attention, honestly. Yeah. And on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Norris seems to just either outperform when they do get it wrong or what they get wrong is something for Ricardo, which they then don't do for Norris. And he gets like a really good strategy where Ricardo gets a really crap strategy. Yeah, but That's... last week they ended out of the points in Sandford, right? Yeah. That shouldn't happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So if you're a number four team, you should at least get points in in a track like that. But hey, yeah. let's not go back there. No. Um, Daniel is our first day of the day. Yeah. Next one, I'm going to be really short about my opinion, but Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> Just a massive name. Plus one lap, Where? plus a penalty. I don't know. He's, all they got was five lost it. All they got was a five-second penalty for like skipping the chicane or whatever and gaining an advantage. But he then finished. He was like he was just so far behind everybody. I mean, to the point where I was wondering, like, because he picked up some damage or something somewhere, but I didn't see anything about yeah. that or like in his confidence. I think his confidence got damaged, right? Maybe. Like he's just completely gone off the rails the last Literally. few races. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Like he's just I don't understand it. He he was having such a strong start to the season and it we just felt like this like really like good comeback story of, you know, he gets a seat through mostly through global politics, I guess, which you won't really get into. But um he get he gets his opportunity to come back into Formula One, and he just he just has an amazing showing for the like you know first half of the season. Yeah, the first six races was pretty good. Yeah, and now I mean, obviously, Haas have basically given up on the car, haven't they? But they seem to do yeah, this every year. They're like, oh, we're we're concentrating on next year's car, and then the next year rolls around, and they're like, okay, we've given up, and we're concentrating on next year's car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, I, I mean, that's all right. But I think we saw K-Mac cutting that CK off like uh, a whole lot of times last week as well, as on for this week as well. He mm. just feels like he's tired, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe just struggling with the car a bit as well. I don't know, but it... But how many drivers actually went out of Formula 1 were even able to come back and when they came back actually performed? That's probably only Kimi, right? Which I remember. Kimi and Fernando. And Fernando, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of many but other But that's two world that... champions, and I think yeah. K-Mac is world champion level. So well, Yeah, the other person we didn't actually talk about when we were talking about this, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. Is uh Kibitza, but obviously he... Didn't perform either. So. Well, he didn't perform, but he had such a debilitating injury that, you know, he, he, he was a long time out of a Formula 1 car because... And he's a cool guy, and I appreciate him coming back and being able to like relive the dream for a moment. But he was nowhere near his level. No, no. He was world championship level when he was when he left. He was in right. So well, I say left. He, he didn't leave by choice, did he? And he, he didn't leave by no. anyone's choice. That was just an unfortunate. He would have become. He he, he was. Well, it was in the start for him to become world champion. So yeah, it like I think there's no one doubting level. But K Mac is just. Like we spoke about Mick Schumacher not getting a seat. I think there's no reason to keep K-Mac in, isn't there? No, but hasn't he got a three-year contract or something? It's, um, 
I'm pretty sure he's already locked up. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it's the, the Ocon question, I guess. Yeah, let's buy him out. But, yeah. uh, I think we all agree on uh, Magnussen getting a knee. Brings us to the third NATO. Uh, let's see if we can turn that around when we talk about Nikos Latifi. No, we can't. We can't turn it around. <laughs> it's another nay. I mean, you get out-qualified and outperformed in the race by the guy who did a free practice session in a completely different car on Friday for just one of the two sessions, steps into a car 20 minutes notice, not set up for him. For it's the wrong button because there's apparently three. a brake a magic button on the steering wheel, which yeah. I've never seen before. Gets into qualifying, out. gets into Q2, where Latifi gets knocked out in Q1. Um, and who knows what he could have done with his final lap in Q2 if it weren't for that that mistake with, you know, just clipping the wrong steering wheel button. And that was something to do with it switched to Latifi's steering wheel setup or something. Yeah, they basically copied the steering setup, yeah. apparently. To actually make it easier for him to adopt, adapt to it. Yeah, but but they didn't know there was a button there. He said, "So he said it's my fault, but I didn't know actually. So I just yeah. uh, hit it and." But then consider the fact that on Friday he's using an even a completely different steering wheel because <laughs> Williams still have their display or their dash like built into the chassis rather than on the steering wheel itself. So you, which still drives me nuts when I see it. Where's the bit. efficiency in that? A right? little bit. Well. Bottas, actually, when Bottas moved from Williams to Mercedes, it was that move, wasn't it, Williams to Mercedes? Yeah, yeah. He commented that, actually, he can understand why Williams did it because it made the steering wheel a bit lighter and easier to manoeuvre uh, rather than having all that built in. But every other team does it. so that it, it, I think every other team has a colour display as well, Williams, just as monochrome. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's a different story. But, you know, Latifi, just a big nay, he should be... Like we've talked about this before, we've said last week that seat should go out. If you're losing qualifying and you're losing in the race to someone that's actually never been at that seat before, like 90 minutes, I think he did two, total now two hours in the Williams over a year, right? Yeah. Where uh, Latifi did it for the last three seasons. And that's his race debut. That's his first race in Formula One. Yeah. And what I... Like Latifi, I said last week, he's a he's a really cool guy. When you come camera, he's just so nice, right? Yeah. He wasn't nice yesterday, and he wasn't nice today when people started asking about no. it because he feels this. This is done. This 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 is a bit actually talking about uh, Kubica a minute ago. This is a bit like uh, Russell beating Kubica, like like that the the pure margin that there was there. Uh, like Latifi, yeah. with all of his experience in Formula One now, yeah, we everyone kind of talks about him not being a great driver, but to be beaten that easily in qualifying and the race by someone with so little Formula One experience. Yeah, and when asked about why Nick was able to perform when he wasn't, he literally said on Dutch TV, well, it's easy when you start in the front. Yeah. Well, then qualify in front yourself, man. Yeah, instead of higher. pointing your finger to someone, give you, like give yourself an easy race. Uh, he, he was very <laughs> frustrated. He, he he talked to the press, but it weren't like those brief answers. It wasn't Latifi like? Like I said, normally he's real, so he knows. This is, I think, this is. Let's talk about Nick in this minute. But Latifi, yeah. we both agree, it's a big fat nay. I mean, he might as well have said it'd be easy if I wasn't so bad. <laughs> in what he said. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I don't think he's going to say that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yuki, 14th, plus one lap, big, big penalties. Still an oh. A. Just yeah, an A. Miss a, miss an A, really. I think that Alcatauri should be beating some of the cows that he's ended up behind, even with the penalty. Just didn't really, yeah, seem, didn't really seem to be anywhere this race. Yeah, he got um, uh, beaten by Mick. So, yeah. I mean, he started absolutely last, and the only people he beat are two people that we have just sat here giving loads of stick to for underperforming. <laughs> like, that's, it's not really a glowing review when you, you, you only beat those two cars. I agree. Agree. A big nay. Good to know yeah, that. I think it's got to be continue. a nay. You think he needs a seat next year? It does he is he deservingly obviously because they didn't confirm it yet, right? I think I, th I think he needs to have a, have some strong races to finish off the season to keep his seat. Personally, I I I I, I would completely understand uh, Alpha Towery if they dropped him and picked someone yeah. else up. That's that's what I'd say on it. Like I had to say whether he deserves the seat or not. Because he has had some good races in the past, but his temperament is the big problem. We talked about yeah, last we weekend. talked about panic mode last week yeah, as well. Yeah. Just the way, he just kind of, he just has like mini meltdowns. Which ah, uh, so does everyone else at Alpha Dari, by the way. So yeah, and I mean, so does some <laughs> other drivers, but Yuki just seems to, he just seems to start flapping really easily about things, <laughs> um, which. Makes you wonder whether he's got championship material in him. It reminds me a bit of Kimi, except Kimi can drive. Uh, no, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> Kimi. I mean, Kimi gets a bit agitated, but I don't think he's. It's not the same level as Yuki. And I mean, the Red Bull or Alpha Tauri really need to keep him now that the Honda name has all but been dropped. Because I'm assuming a big part of it was about having a Japanese driver the Japanese engine supplier so yeah and if they fire if they don't go beyond it uh, go to next year with him they won't announce it until after Japan I think as well so. yeah that's that's probably so a we won't point, actually yeah yeah Bottas 13th he has had some terrific luck with his car though that thing seems to break down if, whenever you look at it yeah I mean, it's just a, a true Alfa Romeo, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing it doesn't have lights. Because um, you've probably seen them flicker as well. Right? He was kind of invisible this race. I'm trying to remember his strategy. Was he one of the mediums onto hards? I can't remember, but I feel like I've got to give him a nay because he's so far behind his teammate. Uh, yeah, that is also true. Although... His teammate started in ninth, nine, and Bottas started in fifteenth. Yeah, course. that is. Yeah, that's a fair point. Getting in thirteenth, starting at fifteen, that ain't too bad. My teammate starts yeah, at nine, finishes in ten. That's yeah, all right. But we had four DNFs, although two of them were probably behind, behind Bottas. Him, so, so, yeah. so I would go for an okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 go with an okay as well then. Yeah, but don't be invisible for too long, uh, Valtteri, because we need you. Yeah, it's so, it's such a shame to see. I really like Bottas. 
the more we do the show, the more critical we are getting. I'm noticing. So let's continue for a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> next one on the list, though, and of course, when I wanted to talk about it, I just misclick and everything's gone. But number twelve, Nick Schumacher. Nick Schumacher. <laughs> yes, he had one overtake though, which uh, the, his... the Latifi overtake. <laughs> Was it Latifi? Yeah, it was Latifi, wasn't it? It was Latifi, yeah. Yeah, so I'm questioning that him... because Latifi finished 15th and it felt like that was near the end of the race and yet Schumacher yeah. still finished 12th. Yeah. That was In a, a Haas. It was a ballsy move. He put a lot of faith uh, into Latifi. He was very lucky, right? Yeah. If Latifi wasn't careful and didn't watch his mirrors that well, that mm. would 100% cost the crash. It would, it Latifi come... backed out of that. Yeah, make sure he didn't crash into it. Would have it. So, hundred percent be Mick's fault as well. Yeah, yeah, it looked good, but it was also a very much a dive bomb, I guess. Yeah, and then Latifi um, got him back, and then Schumacher got him back again, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think to, uh, getting twelve with a Haas, there's no reason not to call that a good performance. On yeah, that's I, I'd say so as well. I think that's a pretty strong performance from him. Yeah. So you want to say the yay or an okay? I'll say a yay. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Mick. Number two on our Yay list today. Number 11, Esteban Ocon. Uh, it's either an OK or a Nay. He qualified in the top 10, didn't he? The thing is, yeah, he did. He did. He qualified 11th as well, by the way. So oh, right. He did 11, started 11th. Oh, okay. Then had two DNFs in front of him. So he qualified, no, so I have, to, I have to admit, he qualified 11th. Yeah. And he started in 14th. Yeah. Uh, he took penalties today. Yes. Oh, uh, of course he did, yeah. Yeah. So he started 14th, ended 11th, yeah. where he also qualified in the first place. I mean, he basically finished where he started because of the DNFs in front of him. Yeah. And if the DNFs are in front of you, it wasn't your performance. So I think a. Nay, maybe even. Yeah, I think it's a nay. I think that Alpine. I mean, that Alpine shouldn't be getting beaten by an Alfa Romeo, even yeah, when he's, he's starting a few said. places back. He's not. Or Williams. He's not. Yeah. He's not starting that far back to not be able to finish in the points. So. Yeah, I agree. Esteban Ocon. <laughs> Esteban gets a uh, big nay. It's six. <laughs> Six drivers I getting late today, mate. pretty harsh today, aren't we? But... <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Hey, we're harsh, but we're fair. At least we have an opinion and we tell other people why we have that opinion, which is not something you'll see on social media these days. So, uh, but let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, getting yeah. tent. Yeah. In Alpha. That's got to be. Where did, where did he start the race? You've got the details up, haven't you? I have got the details. He start. He started in ninth. We just discussed that one. Okay, yeah. I th I think. I mean, ninth. But is... of course, with all the back markers, Hamilton marks. Yeah, that's everything. the thing. So he's, he starts Sainz. ninth because, like, three or four people that should really be ahead of him uh, got bumped down the grid through penalties, and then he qualified fourteenth still... though. And he still, and he finished tenth. Yeah. Like, that's got to be a yay for that Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I he seemed to, to be having a good race as well. There was some pretty good racing. There was, I mean, there was, a, there was a section of the race where he seemed to be stuck in the the DRS train with, like, the McLarens and um, 
and Nick DeVries was in there, wasn't there? And yeah, and he I think was, he was all sort over. of broke up that train for Nick. I don't know if it was. A, yeah, did I, that on purpose, but when Mox was overtaking Zoe, I, Zoe just went all the way to the side, like, okay, there you come, I'm going to get involved in this. Yeah. And Nick was like, you know what? My buddy, it's it's Max. I think maybe if I just hold on for two more corners, I'm out of the DRS train. Well, you've got a maximum of three blue flags, haven't you? So I think yeah, it took I think, two. I, yeah, exactly. I think Nick played it by the rules, and that is, you know, he he basically gave up the position down a, a really long straight, down that back straight where Verstappen's going to pass him on pure straight line speed anyway because the Red Bull's a yeah. rocket ship, and he gets DRS down that straight behind him. So he didn't really lose out to being lapped where Zer did seem to be, yeah, did seem to lose out. So, yeah, yeah that was unfortunate. A bit unlucky. That was unfortunate for him. He maybe didn't play the blue, the blue flag game very well and lost lost touch with, with Nick in the end because it did look like he might have got past him. Yeah. He was all over the Well, the Worms was extremely fast on the straight. Yeah. And you had to work really hard to get really close to it. Yeah, I think it was going to take um, some really clever driving, get some and, good exits, and yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I think so definitely, yeah. Yeah. Driver of the day is in number nine, Nick De Vries. <laughs> if you told me Nick would get two points this weekend, last week I would say, yeah, okay, mate, but you're crazy. I think. Although I've said for literally years now that I think Nick is a Formula One capable driver. Yeah. So. Well, Hi. I think he proved it today. I mean, this this is the biggest yay on the grid today for me. Like, yeah. just an unbelievable showing to do a practice session in a completely different car on Friday, which was scheduled, obviously, because he was supposed to do that. So then 20 minutes before free practice three, have your coffee interrupted and be told, <laughs> suit up, we're going racing. <laughs> Jump into a seat that's not set up for him. Drive a car that's not set up for him, whatever. For an hour. Have whatever changes needed to be made to actually get that car. Even just for him to fit the car. Um, <laughs> for qualifying. Um, he finished 12th, was it, in qualifying? Before all the penalties? I think it yep. was 12th or 13th, yeah. Um Okay, he made that little mistake. You can forgive that. He's had to adapt to two different uh, steering wheels over the weekend. Um, two totally different cars. Yeah. So he's pressed the wrong button or he's clipped a button that he didn't realize was there. I think that can easily be forgiven. Even Lewis did that last year, so. Yeah. Um, Same button, by the way. <laughs> so, and then to finish in the points in ninth place... Like Albon, we called out Albon for having a fantastic race at Spa for finishing 10th. And he's finished 9th at Monza in that Williams. Okay, there was one Daniel, one DNF in front of him with Daniel yeah. Ricciardo. Still. But that's really it, right? Yeah. Smart. Uh, and the thing that impressed me, not like it impresses me that he had a lot to adapt to and he worked. So. In the interview after the race, he said on the Dutch television, like, honestly, I have I have no idea what to do sometimes, so I don't know which button is where, which, like, normally you hear them say, like, 
put on engine mode seven and turn on engine thing three stuff. And he's like, yeah. I have no idea. So they were like, okay, you see the yellow button, hit the yellow button. Okay, I pressed the yellow button. What am I supposed to say? I said, I was constantly just talking about like, which button do I press? What do I put? And that coached, yeah. didn't went well all the race. So sometimes I messed up, click, miss, clicked and stuff. Uh, and he stepped out of, he couldn't hardly get out of the car. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the, uh, him climbing out of the car. I didn't see that. I had the radio message. To, yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, his radio message was like, oh, my arms hurt. My shoulders, my shoulders hurt. <laughs> and he wanted to get out of the car, but he couldn't lift his arms anymore. Yeah. So he was sitting there like, oh, this is annoying. So they sent help to get him out of the car. And afterwards, he was joking about it. Like, he didn't sleep. He said, like, yeah, I went to bed. Like, I'm tired. Lay in bed. What if I can do tomorrow? Maybe something. I'm getting anxious. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting hyped up. And like, he didn't sleep. Like I couldn't even eat my breakfast, uh, he said, <laughs> which was pretty cool to say. Um, but you see, he's, an, he's not only a natural talent, but he's got experience. Yeah. The start was really clean. Yeah, Didn't do anything weird when people uh, passing him, went past him, right? But been smart about it. He saw a lot of marks. Didn't fight. I didn't fight Sainz, for example, but he did take off the, the uh, DRS off him later on. So uh, I think smartest gun and then yeah. managing all this expectation, managing the pressure. Yeah. Um, hyping up your teammates. He, know, he knows what he's <laughs> racing for as well, to be fair, doesn't he? So like that example with science, like he knows he's not in a fight with science. So uh, what he, he's, he was very clever and just kind of maximized those situations. It's like, like they're being lapped by Max Verstappen. Like, He's, he's thinking as he's driving and but obviously he's being coached by his team like press this button switch to that setting turn that knob to you know to whatever setting you know he's being told basically how to control the car through the steering wheel because he's had so little time to get used to it um and any preparation he's done this weekend is for a completely different car so he's probably you know he'll he'll have spent the last week sat with a forcing, with an Aston Martin, with a, I nearly wheel. called it forcing. <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with an Aston Martin steering wheel, memorizing that steering wheel because he had a pre-practice session with them, and that's what he expected yeah. to drive this weekend. But sorry, going back to like how he's thinking and maximizing his situations that he was put in, like you know, like that science example, like you know, he's not fighting him, so just let him pass, but then make the most of the DRS off the back of him. And it was the similar with Max, like, okay, I need to let Max lap me. I'll do it down this straight where I don't even need to lift off the throttle or break early into a corner or anything because he's going to get DRS off me, he's going to pass me, and then I'll just slip in behind him. And it doesn't cost him any lap time. And that was ultimately what allowed him to um, break the DRS from yeah. from Zerbi. He went from 0. So, 0.3 difference between him and Zoe. When Max overtook him, when he gave back, he, he when he let Max by, it was 1.6. Yeah, I was going to say it was one and a half seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so it's just clever racing like that. And yeah, it's just a, a great debut. And he just I mean, seems like such a nice, likable guy as well in the interviews and stuff. I really he's very well worded as well. And he knows, he definitely knows the experience. Like he's, he's, um, he came fourth in the championship while having mm -hmm. a really hard time with his engine in Formula 2. And I think that year was, uh, wasn't it Schumacher, Russell, um, Norris, and then him. Wow, right. he could have just finished second if the engine didn't break down all the time in the second phase of the season. So 
he came from a pretty cool stack as well, right? Yeah. Uh, one Formula E as well. So it's not like he doesn't know what to um, to do. And his issue has always been said he's been he's already too old. He's twenty seven, right? He, he looks sixteen, uh, but then again, sometimes so do I, and uh, definitely not twenty seven either. I didn't realize. But he says uh, I didn't realize uh, he was twenty seven. Twenty seven years old. So that's why they say he's maybe too old to get into Formula One. But this shows that. And this proves that he deserves to see the experience he takes along with it, not even being in a Formula One car, how but old? his racing experiences. How old's Albon? Albon's much younger, though, I think. Albon was, by the way, in that same like, seat as well. I think he's like 25. Um, I think Albon is 26, actually. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he's 26. I think that'd be a really good pairing. I, I, I think now. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much William needs. Williams need the uh, the Latifi money, but surely Mercedes just say like, "We'll pay for you to to take him and put him in." That Else, seat. just if you don't have a seat left in the Alpine, you're still doubting to get anyone there. Just get him in now, right? I mean, he's, he's he must he's, he's made a statement this weekend. That's for sure. Well done. I'm very happy though. Um, of course, seeing two Dutchmen actually getting points, I don't think they've ever been done before. In <laughs> so that's enough, pretty, yeah, I didn't think about that. So, but that's pretty cool. And I think, uh, but I, it's glad because, like I said, I've been like following his career for a couple of years now. Always started off to winning Formula Two and winning the Formula E championship, would actually come into Formula One, uh, not getting the chances. And yeah, well, it's a cool thing he's actually now shown that he could do. Um, probably. His last race of the year, though, but I uh, gave a good statement. Well done, and I like the fact that he's got he's got summoned to the stewards after the race. I don't like that, but because of um, weird behavior behind the safety car. Yeah, and he said like, "Okay, I went to the, the stewards and I said, okay, so my Delta says this, my screen says that, but I don't know where to look, so I was <laughs> I couldn't find the button. So I was like, if I just slow down, my Delta goes up again. I'm I'm fine." I'm probably safe, so that's why I slowed down. Yeah. Um, didn't realize actually that that wasn't supposed to be how this works. <laughs> and they said, you know what? We're just going to give you a reprimand. You were wrong actually in doing it, but there's no way of you actually knowing or being so well prepared for this. So we, you get exactly. that. Was well done by. It's FAS just another well. example of how he'd have he'd have done all of his training for coming into this weekend for a completely different car, steering wheel. And dashboard compared to what he ended up racing with, and who knows whether that's displayed differently or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done, Nick. Just great showing here. Like Mark says, I hope it's not the last time with the Dutchies get points. So. Yeah. Let's have to see them. We are again running late on the show, so I'm going to rush to a couple of those. Pierre Gasly. Yeah. Yeah. Big yay, right? It's got to be a yay, I think. Yeah. Solid showing again. <sighs> Norris. Uh, Norris is a yay, even after the bad start. He had a pretty solid race. He had a pretty solid qualifying. Um, he just Mc maximizes it always. Yeah. Like seventh. McLaren just... making a pretty big statement against Alpine this weekend. And that's, yeah. that's like the it's... tightest fight in the, the Constructors' Championship at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but it depends on the race. Sometimes Alpine just drops the ball completely. Sometimes yeah. McLaren just drops well, the ball completely. But it's never like they never fight each other anymore. No. McLaren McLaren seems to have problems with their car here and there. We've mentioned this a couple of times. I agree. Uh, Alpine, 
not as often, but for whatever re- reason, this weekend they were very much behind the McLarens. I mean, Alonso would have scored points, right? He would have Close scored points, but he would have been behind both McLarens. So McLarens would have, the McLarens would have made a pretty good run at the uh, the Alpines in the constructors' table if it had finished with you know neither of those cars DNFing. I mean, as it is, yeah, Norris fair. still finished seventh with Ocon out of the points, so they have gained through that and yeah seventh i mean it's just massive seventh is all the, the best mercedes can, red bull for us exactly it's the best it? you can hope for without there being dnfs in front of you because as we've seen all through the season now any of those three cars well maybe not all through the season but certainly the second half of the season any of those three cars start even towards the back of the grid they are still going to finish in the top six yeah so well well done so yeah. no Solid drive, solid drive from Norris here. Talk about solid drive, Sergio Perez qualifying fourth, starting at the back of the grid, ending the race in sixth. Yeah, I'm only going with an okay just because of how he just didn't perform to the same level as science starting behind him on the grid. I'm going to go with a knee, and I know I'm very critical, but he was almost eight tenths and qualifying behind Mark. Yeah. And I mean, you can be a little bit slower. Yeah, I mean... But you I, can't be 8 slower. And nah. there's like... I don't think he... Like, Sainz name put up a little bit of a fight later on. But he wasn't cutting through the field as... Nowhere as, near as quickly so, as Sainz. That's what I mean. I, 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 he lost confidence. He, already, he also says, I'm not very confident currently. Yeah. And then you end up sixth in one of the best cars. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look at Red Bull look at how Max was performing this. Room. I mean, all right, so Perez started further down the field, but yeah, like, Max started twentieth in Hungary. Exactly, or was it twentieth uh, in, in Spa? And he, yeah, so like, yeah, I, I'll go with you then because I, I was being a bit generous, saying okay, so I'll go with the nay as well for Perez. Okay, Perez seventh. Get Mark, get Nick DeVries at the Red Bull. Just saying. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think Max um, would do that. <laughs> The almost second, the almost driver of today for me, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it's just great. A massive yay. Like, great, great, solid drive. drive. Qualifying was really good for him. Uh, Finishing fifth, really good for him. He just had a solid race in... Very clean. A car that is... He did... There's some of the onboards. It just looked... That car just looked like a real handful to drive. I think it was when he was behind Alonso. And he was he's to oversteer him, every single corner. Yeah, understeer going into a corner, followed by un, oversteer coming out of it. Um, and it took him a few laps to get past Alonso, but he was just massive save there as well, by the way, by Alonso in the last corner. Yes, he almost put it into the wall there as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, ha- Hamilton just he just had a great race. Yeah, yeah can't see anything other than yay. Yeah, I think we also have to say big fat yay to Saints, right? Uh, definitely. That was just that, the first like 20 laps were just amazing from him. Like the pace he was driving at and how he was cutting through the field. I mean, okay, he's in a Ferrari. Most of them let him by, right? Yeah, he's, he's in a Ferrari. He's driving against, you know, he's, he's passing on, like clearly slower cars. But the, the rate he was doing that when you compare him to Perez, like, he was, he was slicing through the field like Verstappen's done in the past. Like, 
He, he was just on great form today. I, I don't know. It, it looked like he maybe could have got third. I think it would have been a pretty close call if the race had not ended up with the safety car. But I mean, even, I think he would have he would have got to Russell. You think so? Yeah. He, even finishing fourth, even if he hadn't caught Russell, that's still just a really solid drive. And still, yeah, we said eight. both predicted last week uh, Max, Charles, and Sainz podium. Uh, and I think if the safety car didn't hit, that would have been the podium. Yeah. So uh, Russell was saved by the podium. Let's talk about Russell. He has a great race. I think third, just a big fat yay as well, right? It's a yay. Partly, uh, I mean, his qualifying was solid again. You know, he qualified just behind Lewis before penalties and stuff kicked in, which is, we've talked about this like pretty much every show like this is where you expect the mercedes to be they're just consistently now very close together performing at a very similar level um his race pace was really good he was in a bit of no man's land for a long time when you know he's, he's behind leclerc verstappen then gets past him them two kind of disappear off a bit and he's just kind of he pits and Mox drives away for the nice Yeah, and then he, he, pitted, so. he pitted with a virtual safety car, stuck on the hard tyres to go to the end, and maybe not the best strategy, but playing it safe, I guess. And plus, you know, if you get another safety car or virtual safety car, you can always box and swap those hards out for another set of mediums or a soft tyre, depending on what stage of the race that happens. So you're kind of edging your bets a bit, I think, by going onto the hards at that point. He did. He did well though, going in the safety car, and yeah, I think he was very smart about it. Yeah. Now we have to talk about safety car for a moment though. But uh, yeah, they put the safety car out in front of Russell because Charles and Max already pitted. Yeah, I don't know how much of that was to do with catch capturing the cars before they got to the scene of the incident where the cars parked up and there's marshals on track and, and a train. Just saying. Trying to trying to bunch all the cars up and slow them down, and create that space on the track for you know for a cherry picker or you know whatever yeah. it is you know like the JCB thing to to come out and <laughs> not a cherry picker is it but whatever it is yeah the JCB to come out and grab it like you need a substantial gap in the track for that to happen. That's true. Um, so and you don't want I, that it, to go wrong. So. It felt like there was a lot of flack given to the safety car doing that. Uh, and the procedure in general. And then, like, Christian Horner was saying that it, it could have been cleared up a lot quicker than it was, and we we, we, could, we should have been able to get a lap or two in, and he was, like, disappointed that that didn't happen. I don't think that could have happened. Like, the moment... It's almost the worst position to have your car in. There's no backing out there. Yeah, and the the moment it became clear that they couldn't push the car was the moment... Like everyone should have known, this just isn't going to finish. Like, sorry, this is going to finish yeah. behind a safety car because it's just going to take that much longer to get the car off the track. Then, when the car's off the track, that's when you can start sorting out the order and start unlapping cars. And then, like the, with the order being wrong, for example, Russell being the lead car, he's got to get past the safety car and then catch back up. And then, unlapped uh, lapped cars have got to unlap themselves and get. Certainly, the formation of the, the cars on the lead lap, all bunched up and you know back where they should yeah. be. Like it was just, it was never going to happen. Five got with five 
laps to go was it was, done the deal. It was just not going to happen. Arisal played it well though, taking it slowly, actually getting back. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Like you know what? I don't want to fight science necessarily. I've got a safe podium here. Yeah, right. but I, whether he did that on purpose or not, I don't know because even if he'd, you know, even if he just flown around the track at Roost and still wouldn't come back it. up, it never, it never would have happened. You needed like another yeah. three laps. You needed a, um, you needed a lap to let the the, the uh, lapped cars through, and then procedure is supposed to be that you then don't start racing until the lap after the lapped cars have been let through. Yep. And then a lap to race. That's that's three laps that you need there. So, yeah. And then they couldn't, couldn't get them out of gear. So then, you know, what's yeah. done here, right? I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know what your commentary was making of it, but over here they were talking about, like, should they have red flagged it for the spectacle? No. And Yeah, I think no as well, because. Last then, year we did that. That was, a, that was an issue, right? You're manufacturing a, a situation. Exactly. We're that, not we're not IndyCar here. Yeah. No offense to IndyCar, but like, it, I, I there's this I obsession think... with not finishing behind a safety car, but there are always going to be situations where there is no other choice. Like a car could break down on the second to last lap, or have a crash or whatever, and you are going to have to finish behind a safety car. I'm sorry, but it has to happen in certain situations. I think there's and, two things, you know. You're you're very much correct, right? Sorry for interrupting you there. It's okay. I think there's two things happening. I think what you can say is, you know what, if so if a safety car happens, for example, in the last ten laps, then you know what? Means red flag will restart anyways. F sure, fine. Put that in the rule and that's fine. But this is not those aren't the rule now. No. And getting a track getting a crane on track, removing a car. If you can do it safely, that's just a yellow flag or a safety car. Yeah. In, in, in this case, that's a, a safety car because you have to put marshals on track. So that's a safety car. That's the end of it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And we now, I mean, now we have rules in place on how a safety car infringement would work. Yeah. And they follow those rules perfectly. Exactly. The only thing I could maybe say, I think the virtual safety car and the safety car himself, both of them, both of the calls were a little bit late. Very. And both of them were made after leaders just passed the pitch. Yeah, there's the pit box, which I, felt a bit. Yeah, I said this to you as well. I didn't know. I didn't, we talked about this a bit during the race in text messages that this seems to just be happening quite a lot this season. It was like the Bottas incident last last yeah. last race. He it's sat there voice. for two laps almost. We knew, like, the moment it happened, yeah. we saw Daniel being stuck there. There's no way of getting out of there. That's there's just there's no there's no. Yeah. Boards will be removed. There's no accidents yeah. there. Look at that. The moment it happens, you know, okay, you know what? This is done deal. This is a safety car. I said, uh, we texted like yeah. almost instantly. This is a safety car. And it took him a, like, almost a full lap on the yellows yeah. to get the safety car Just call, call in. They, they shouldn't be where cars are on the lap and on the track. shouldn't rather, matter. It shouldn't matter. You just call it. And if it, if it interrupts one person's race, then... Unfortunately, too bad. But that's how it's always been. Yeah, and it feels like this year, maybe this is after last season, but they are. It feels like they are quite purposefully delaying things to a point where they are making sure that it can't interfere with the front of the race, and they shouldn't be doing that because I you think. are putting the race before safety, and that is not the whole point of the safety car and the yellow flags. And these like protocols are to make sure that everyone is safe and they are not 
necessarily doing that. Um, which is disappointing. And the other, sorry, one thing I was going to say when we were, I was talking about it earlier is that there was complaints about how it ruins the spectacle, but there was no spectacle this race. <laughs> like, the, well, the, the thing was, Max was seventeen seconds ahead. Exactly. No, Max was twenty seconds ahead when Charles went on to softs. Yeah, eight and laps the, later. Max was 17 seconds yeah, ahead when first, safety car got For the first, called. like, three laps of his, that soft stint at the end for Leclerc, he didn't. He was losing time on some of the laps. Yeah. And when he finally started clocking a fastest lap, followed by another fastest lap, and I don't know how many he set in a row, but he started to go quicker, he was still only gaining, like, six-tenths of a second at the most on Verstappen. He was never going to catch in, him. And I'm pretty sure Max was so consistent with the time, he was just... Yeah, lapping times. It's just in the groove. Time. I mean, Max yeah. just seems to get into the zone so easily. But we'll, I mean, we'll get to Max in a minute. But yeah, the, like there was no way Charles would would get near him, and the safety car only made a little bit excitement for the for the it would have people on there. I, I got a couple of text messages people that were there, and they say, you know what? For the people there, we thought we might get a uh, cool finish, and it was some si- some sort of hope. Yeah, for if the it'd been audience a for the car restart, then that could have been close. Because you know, I mean, it still did... not. Well, I mean, Max was on fresh softs, on real fresh softs. Yeah, but and there's no DRS enabled. There's one lap maybe to go. Then True. where would he be able to overtake him? That's just well, just to only really to kind of look at the opposite side of the coin a little bit is that. The soft tires were hanging on really well, so the fact that his his new his well, new softs, not new, were four laps old or however old they were, probably doesn't make too much difference because the soft tires were pretty strong for like a twenty lap stint, weren't they? So even just being being, you a only good, have one chance though. You but, have to do it on the first straight. That's yeah, it. and that well, that's it. And the other thing I was going to say is even without DRS, like the Ferrari was a faster car in a straight line. It seemed in in race trim. Um, and maybe he could have got the slipstream and passed him down the start finish straight, or maybe he could have hung with him and caught him down the back straight or on the start finish one kilometer now difference. Yeah, so it's not a lot. And with the slipstream, maybe I mean, he could have made a late move. If Mox turns in the corner, he dictates his speed, so he decides when they go right at the very starts late. There's no there's no dragging. At the very least, it would have been exactly like your friend said, and that is, it would have provided a bit of excitement because they, they that's they, they might have been close going into the first corner, maybe. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton just stated that they should extend races when there's a safety car out. Can't do that. But they can't do that because they have to refuel Lewis, and you wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> would I mean, every everything about the race <laughs> is dictated by you know the, the amount of fuel they've got, and yeah, they, they, they can't do that. I think everything, it's, it felt think, a bit as an anticlimax. Yeah. This race would have ended in a big win from Mox, and now it was a little win, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's now they, now, I mean, Charles loses on 2.4 seconds still, right? Mm. Oh, that's all, that doesn't matter, actually. But I was looking at these stats when they, oh, this doesn't matter. These stats on the end doesn't matter. But it was a 16.8 second gap when it's got a cold call. Yeah. That's, now he ends up just behind him, but Elsie would have lost for I don't know at least ten seconds again. So I don't think that would matter too much. Um, kudos to Charles, though. I think that's that's just a yay, back in shape, uh, great qualifying, great all yeah. weekend. 
don't like the yellow thing on the car. I like the Ferrari logo on the car, but I would just then make it yellow cars for all I care. But this looks, I didn't quite like the look of it, but I like uh, the, the overalls. <laughs> I, I'm the opposite. I like the car, but I didn't like the overalls. Uh, well, I thought the uh, car looked really good. I like the yellow on the, 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 the flash of yellow on the, like the, the, the rear, old style Ferrari logo the on the wing was brilliant. And yeah, the old, the old Ferrari text on the rear wing, on the, like the yellow text yeah. on the black wing was stunning. And even that, two bit, that bit, drivers with yellow helmets was a bit. No, that, bit that was a big, that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get why they did it, but they needed to do a bit more to differentiate the drivers. Although I suppose during the race, it, it, it uh, Paris up. had the black, uh, uh, signs had the gray thing on this helmet, but yeah. And at the end, I mean, during the race, it didn't matter quite as much because it was very obvious who was who based on where they were on the track. Cause they were completely different races really, but. Yeah, I thought the car looked great though. I, I I was a big fan of big fan of it. I was worried when they like revealed the yellow like you said, please thing. don't make it a yellow car. And I was like, please don't do this like horrible mustard yellow car because it, it just in that promo picture it just looked awful. But then like seeing it in the flesh, it looked, well, I didn't see it in the flesh, but you know, like rather than like a Photoshop or whatever, like seeing it on camera in daylight, it looked it looked a lot better than very clean. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, no mistakes from Ferrari. No bad calls. Really quick pit stops. I mean, not two point one second they did on Perez anymore. That was an, another really fast one. Yeah. Red Bull is going to yeah. be the first team that's going to hit a below two point oh, I guess. Yeah. Shortly, right? But um, no, in all series, I think Ferrari back on back on pace it was good to see them fighting back. Yeah. Uh, I would. I mean, I would love Charles to get the win here, honestly, but I think. Mox is just on another level and yeah. just flying. Uh, I think the only thing Ferrari got slightly wrong was the was strategy. The early stop. But... The strategy that they did by stopping under the VSC. Because uh... apparently Max was told to do the opposite to Leclerc, but you don't. Yeah. You also don't know how much of that is mind games. Like Leclerc could have gone past and then Ferrari, uh, Mas- uh, Red Bull could have said, don't box, stay I've... out, stay yeah. out. So but, that's what I was saying. If that, it, yeah. they, it's forty laps on mediums, which is a long time. It was, yeah. I mean, but it wouldn't considering out of the question putting Max in and going hard, because that's what exactly what they did the next lap with Perez. Yeah, if if I think the race could have been quite different if Leclerc had stayed out and if Max had pitted, regardless of what tire he'd put on. If he'd put the mediums on and had to do a two stop again, that would have been a very different race. Um, and if you put the hards on, that also, like, it could have been a tight finish. But in the end, it actually just, like, it played out perfectly for Red Bull because Ferrari put themselves on a weaker strategy. Uh, and by saying that we'll do the opposite and then effectively staying out, it allowed them to just do the optimal strategy or kind of the flip of the optimal strategy because it, it seemed like the mediums onto softs was, well, Mediums onto soft seems like it was maybe better, but I don't know. Maybe like it's the exact same doing yeah, softs onto mediums, but twenty-five laps on the softs though from Max. Yeah, because he started on softs. Yeah, so it was, it's like three, so it's like Zandvoort again. Like some of the mediums were stopping before he even stopped with the softs. Yeah. Um, but big kudos to for I think I don't think like that's the thing. You don't make that call. Red Bull takes the call and works out the other way. I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. And they asked him, should we try it? Uh, I think yeah. it was worth the issue. Because if you have a safety card five laps earlier, 
probably worked out for them. So, you know, I think the other thing they're looking at is that, you know, you get a cheap stop under the virtual safety car. You, you've saved like 10 about, seconds, about 10 seconds to you. Yeah. And so now it was three seconds faster because when he came in, it actually. <laughs> yeah, it turned, it turned green just as he was being released from the, yeah. the didn't it? So like all those so cars Mark said that probably, down. Yeah, Mark said normally it would save them 10 seconds. Now it probably about three or four or something. Yeah. So. So I didn't quite get the benefit of it because that. Well, in the, the end, gap it, was large, right? Yeah, it's, it's such a big gap. Yeah, and Mox was doing the same. I, I texted you the times, the lap times, and Mox was doing twenty five six, twenty five seven, twenty five six, twenty five seven, just like that. Yeah. Uh, while still on soft, almost the same time in the medium. So like, that doesn't seem like the tires are getting much degradation, anyways. Yeah, and. They did put in the car on a lower degradation style, right? Mm -hmm. So they traded in some top speed to be more flexible on the tires, I think. Yeah. So that was a good call in the end. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Red Bull, everything Red Bull calls now is, is well done. So yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much was said on the radio between Science and his engineer, but even he spotted it. He said, like, I want to drag this out and then go on to the softs because the softs seem like the better tire. Yeah. Like he could see that just from the race. So, um, that's that's just another reason to give science a yay as well. Actually, he was yeah. Like so really I think science Russell Leclerc and also Mox because Mox started seven, but he was fourth after the end of lap one. Yeah, uh, lap four he was second. I thought he was going to be second uh, by the end of lap two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't quite that out. didn't quite work, but it was very close as well. Yeah. And even Russell was like, you know what? I thought we was going to defend, but he was like, nah. He did nothing other than just, just let, hold the race yeah. in line and just let him pass defensively. But in the end, I don't think it would matter. He was so much faster. Though. No. I and mean, he would have been Leclerc on, on track as well. But they, yeah. They Russell, Russell had already said in an interview as well. I think it was, I saw it here. So it was maybe with the sky. Oh, I saw that. Well, he said, you know what? He, he just sort of said like, <laughs> we need to like not, we need to focus on ourselves and not the other teams and just no. get the best out of what we can do and not try and race them. And that's, that's how he raced. And another podium though. So well yeah. Um, we got 11 yays. We got seven nays and we got two. Okay's a little bit more stricter, but I think yeah, quite all right. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into details for the next race yet. I don't think that makes much sense because that's, Mm, two weeks from now and three weeks before it actually races, I think. Yeah. So um, that's a big note. That means probably until something weird happens or there's big news coming out, we don't do a show, James. Yeah. Seems likely. Uh, yeah. Maybe a quick pre-show with prediction or something. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, we're finding our grounds here as well. Um. Game over, I guess, for the real now, right? It was two races ago. It's... Yeah. There's just no way anything can be done about Max Verstappen at this point. <laughs> 139 points gap between Red Bull and Ferrari. And if you look at the driver standings, it's now 116 points <laughs> difference. That yeah. means uh, Ford did not finish, and then there's still 10 point gaps, even if Claire wins them all. Uh, means theoretically, in Singapore, Max can win it if he wins, he gets fastest lap, and Leclerc hits ninth, uh, or Leclerc doesn't score and he wins. It's also done. Yeah. So. But I think probably Japan is where it might already be over. Well, that'd be nice for Honda. 
will be a cool finish, right? Finally back in Japan and then win the championship. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, Perez still scoring, grabbing some points. But I think Russell might actually overtake Sergio Perez with this pace because it's seven point difference yeah. between them. And I think Perez should be ashamed if he doesn't even make top three. To be quite honest, not that Red Bull would care, but still. Yeah, I th- I thought Hamilton was going to finish above Perez. That does that doesn't seem likely now. Hamilton's like. Lewis is 168, while Russell's on 203. Yeah, the the, the DNF in Spa massively cost him. Very too hard, yeah. 15 points, let's say. And then the screw up at Zandvoort, like, Lewis should have finished second at Zandvoort. I agree. Um, And then obviously had to take a penalty this race. Okay, he finished fifth. But, yeah. So I think... Brings to an interesting thing, though. Because we now have twenty-one drivers in the construct in the driver standings. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Nick De Vries now twentieth with two points, just two points behind Alexander Albon, of course. Yeah, um, three points behind Lance Stroll, but yeah, two points clear of Latifi. Yeah, Latifi's twenty-first in a twenty-man championship. Yeah, it was. That's embarrassing, really. I'm sorry, Latifi, but you got to go home. Yeah. I'm sure it'd do well in another series, but it's just not. Formula One just doesn't seem Formula to be Formula E for you, mate. Yeah, Formula E. Or back to the whack, like Nick did, right? Yeah. Could be something else. Uh, James, leave us with one thing, though. Okay. What are you having for Formula One-related meal or drink? Uh, I'm going to have a cocktail. Oh, what kind of cocktail? I'm calling it the Singapore Smash. Oh, what's in a Singapore smash? It's it's basically a vodka Red Bull, but with um, so it's one part Red Bull, one part well, yeah, one part Red Bull, one part vodka, and two parts cranberry juice. But the key is to put the one part of Red Bull between the two parts of cranberry juice. Ah. <laughs> uh. Wouldn't be my style cocktail though. <laughs> no, I I, honestly, I don't think it'd be particularly nice. <laughs> it was just for the joke. <laughs> uh, I know it's not for the joke as well. I can show it if you're looking at the camera. But I got this this can this afternoon. Right? I don't even know. It won't probably set it, but it's the Red Bull Red Edition, which I found in the stores. So I'm like, you know what? That's uh, probably a good one to uh, do for Monza. Yeah. I uh, didn't actually know what happened, of course. Uh, but in all seriousness, for I would be having the um, Adrian Newey's wings. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I think those are not too spicy and uh, wow, well, and they go in really smooth. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna have it, I think, uh, with an Iceman drink, which is basically a, an empty glass and you're not getting the drink. <laughs> that was a bit. Uh, oh, well, I'll leave that jokes for later. I did thought about this one for a while, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I, was... I didn't want to go into another burger because it was like I know uh, the, the, I was also thinking that maybe the Gerhard burger, as in Gerhard Berger, no? Oh uh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, Or the Reuben sandwich I was thinking about. <laughs> I know uh, Singapore could also go for the Ferrari sandwich. Why? That's you know what. Uh, this is my meat. Yeah, so. that's what I was thinking. It had to be something <laughs> to do with the uh, the Ferrari. Yeah, that little sandwich event. But, yeah. Yeah. James, 
another long show and i hope you guys still enjoyed it and thank you so much for listening to us if you want to check us out we are now even on more of course more platforms i'm getting more and more and more might change a little bit of the format of course after the three-week hiatus but let us know what you think so we can take that into consideration you can follow the podcast at least on twitter at f at f1 in focus pod that's pod on the end and james where can people find you uh just on twitter and it's at f1 in focus james all one word that's right just use the other one to get yeah. towards me yeah. it's easier than saying any dutch names and you're probably tired of dutch names after this weekend anyways james thank you so much yeah see you. you in three weeks absolutely uh, and not thank you for yeah and everyone should thank you for dropping us those five-star reviews and uh, really lovely yeah thanks um, yeah see you in three weeks and have a good short break <laughs> see you next time bye bye, bye.